Welcome to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half of the team, Kevin Coleman, and I am joined on the podcast by my much prettier and smarter co-host over here, Jacob Dunn, uh, and younger. He's the younger version over here. Jacob, how are we doing? You are too much, Kevin, man. I'm doing great, man. Uh, With summer here, I've just been getting a lot of time in the sun lately. I've been going on a lot of walks with my daughter. I've been swimming. I've been chilling. So, I mean, I mean, it's been great. Well, I hope you enjoy that weather over there. In California, it's 111 degrees a day. So I oh, am staying yeah. inside because I do not want to die. Uh, mm-hmm. But that is, yeah, over here in California, it's it's there are good days. But I live in the central California, and it's a different breed out here. Oh, uh, sure. yeah. Uh, well, I'm from Vegas, so I mean, I get. Oh yeah. You know, you know, I get those 110, 120 degrees. I'm so happy to be out of that. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, we're getting there one day. Uh, now, on today's show, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be covering our top five QBs heading into 2021 season, and that's redraft. We're also going to decide between players who have a similar ADP, and we kind of did a different kind of scenarios, uh, first through fifth, fourth rounds, kind of looking at where they're getting drafted, different positions, and who we'd rather pick. And then we're going to answer some listener and redraft questions. So here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Now, before we get to that, uh, you know, news is kind of farm in between right now, especially in the fantasy world. Not too much of that. But we did want to touch on the Deshaun Watson situation just because it's getting closer. Uh, the, a lot of things, a lot of unanswered things right now with Deshaun. And we're going to be talking about him really quick and like what formats, what are we going to do with him in formats? So we're going to throw it to Jacob first because he's a redraft guy. Is there any way you're drafting Deshaun in like late round, maybe taking a flyer on him? Because the last I heard, maybe 2022 is when he'll play again. But there's some people that think he'll miss eight games. Like, is he worth it at all in redraft? So he's going right now as a quarterback 20, um, which is well worth the risk, I would say. I mean, his 80, you know, his ADP is 138. That's like the like that's like the 13th, 14th, 15th round. So I mean. Why not? If you grab all of your sleepers, uh, why not? Why not take a shot on Watson just to see if he does come back? You know, like you know, at that moment, I'm willing. I'm willing to take that risk late in drafts, especially, okay. especially if you wait on a QB later. You know, you might as well. If you're going to stream, you know, if you are a zero a zero quarterback owner, you might as well just go with Watson, right? Yeah, no, I like that. Now, for the show, I also I, I did this in a draft, and I want to see. I didn't tell you because I want to see where it's at. So I was sitting there in the fifth round, and I had to, or I think it was the sixth round, and Deshaun Watson was sitting there. So in a in a startup dynasty draft, a twelve team superflex, I have Herbert as my quarterback, and then I, I sat and I looked at Watson. And I didn't know necessarily what to do because he was sitting right there. Uh, and I ended up taking Javante Williams. And then he got drafted the next pick. So mm-hmm. on my my roster, mm-hmm. I have Herbert. And then I had Swift, McLaren, C.D. Lamb, and then Javante Williams. So that's how I started my dynasty roster out. Then Deshaun went right after me. So I, he, I knew that guy was thinking the same thing I was thinking. Okay, I might as well take Deshaun because that's pretty good value. And I really – I don't. I don't want to say I have remorse about it, but I really maybe maybe could have grabbed him and paired him with Herbert for the future. Mm-hmm. I ended up grabbing Derek Carr five rounds later, so Derek Carr is my QB two, which I like. But would you have taken Watson there, or Javante? First of all, taking Javante is never a bad idea. That guy <laughs> is the truth, and I will vouch for him every, every day of the week. Uh, but I see why it would be so tough because Watson, you know, if 
we knew that he wasn't going to be punished, he would be a first to second round pick, you know, in yeah. dynasty superflex startups. So it's like that is insane value. But I would say, Kevin, if you were to draft Watson, then you better, you know, I'd say that you would almost be tanking for next year or like, you know, like you might as well just kiss this year, you know, like your chances of winning the championship goodbye, just because, you know, that a fifth round pick is high capital pick. Uh, So, you know, I like the Javante pick better than the Watson pick because you, that roster with CD lamb and, um, and scary Terry and, Javante, that sounds like a championship caliber team. So I like your pick, but I would have understood if you would have took it, if if you would have taken Watson. Yeah, no, and and so what my plan was. So those of you out there, if you had the scenario, what I was thinking was if I take Watson, maybe go after Fitzpatrick like six or seven rounds later. Mm-hmm. So you get that starter, and you compare him with Herbert, and maybe you can mix and match your roster and try to figure out where it was. I think the reason I went away from it is because I still think I want to compete this year. And so I wanted to grab that running back as well, just pair of Swifts. Because if I get Swift and Javante and Javante could become the running back one of this class, now I have two very solid running back options to build around, plus C.D. McLaren. So that is also a kind of mindset. And I still like Derek Carr as my quarterback. But I will say that I've been drafting Deshaun in best ball drafts all over the place. And that, that's, I, it sucks that I'm telling you this because we're in a best ball together, which <laughs> I, I was, I'm going to do at some point, but he's been going undrafted in some and in like the last couple rounds in some in best ball. And I actually think that's a smart play uh, just because at that point in the 18th round and underdog best balls, I mean, you might as well take a shot on him. And if he does come back after that eight games, he could actually be a league winner. Right. 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 right, right. Absolutely. Like, He's going in like the 20th round, you know, like, or not even, or not even being drafted. It's like, you want to draft Keelan Cole or you want to take a shot on a Deshaun Watson. I mean, you know, the, <laughs> I definitely want Watson there. And Jacob, Jacob's always take a shot at these wider, these obscure wide receivers <laughs> that I like, that I like a little bit. Uh, Keelan Cole, my man. All right. Now, uh, first we're going to be mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, poor Keelan Cole. Man, that's the first thing that came to Jacob's mind. He's trying to think of an obscure wide receiver that does not matter. Oh, it was oh, you. So I'm going to, I'm, we're definitely atting him after the show. Uh, now, yeah. before we move on to the quarterbacks, I did want to ask you a question real quick because we put this on Twitter for some fun. Who is your favorite Mario character? Ah, my favorite Mario character, it's got to be Yoshi. I love Yoshi. I was Yoshi. I was Yoshi growing up on N64, uh, you know, all the Mario Karts, all the Super Mario World and just I just love Yoshi. I love that cute little green dinosaur. He, <laughs> he's awesome. Yeah, I think uh it's Yoshi for me, but for Mario Kart, I used to always like to play with Toad. Uh, Toad was my little oh. dude. Like I used to love playing with him on Mario Kart. Uh I know yeah, it's a little different, good. but that that's where i was i like i like toad i gotta give a shout out to code i'm about as tall as toad so i like to give a little there you go. To toad. um <laughs> well, right, so we're, oh nice yeah there so go. we're gonna roll over to our top five 21 21 uh qbs and for this we're gonna go doing redraft <laughs> so let's take a look and let's go over yours i'm gonna we're just gonna go through uh i we have pretty much the same guys just a little bit of different order but i think it is a good process of like how we're gonna tier these guys or where they're at my one's a little different than his, but I'll like I'll let Jacob go first for his chalk answer here. Who is your number one redraft quarterback? I know it's chalk, but Patrick Mahomes is too good not to have in my number one spot. You know, he may not have a ton of weeks where he is 
the number one overall quarterback that week, but I think he will I think he will consistently be in the top five or top ten, which will pretty much even out as the number one overall by the end of the season. Yeah, and last year, I mean, he finished his QB three, but that was basically six points behind Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really a big discrepancy between the the two. And then Josh Allen is there right there with four points. So like those three are really kind of there. And then the next way I was Aaron Rodgers with 20 points. So mm-hmm. like you said, I think he has a very safe, hey, you know what you're getting with Mahomes. So have one of those games though, every once in a while that he doesn't, you know, doesn't throw a touchdown pass or has right. two yards. But those are far in between. You can't go wrong there. Uh, my my hot take for the pod, just because I love you guys, and that's what it's, it's Dak Prescott. So Dak Prescott is my QB one in redraft, and I think he's my he's my QB three in dynasty as well. Uh, he's still young. He is still capable of putting up a lot of numbers. Last year was QB one going through week four. He has a terrible defense, and that's the reason why I kind of ranked him ahead of Mahomes. I think that defense for the Chiefs is a lot better. I don't think they need to necessarily use Mahomes as much in the passing game. And then I think if CEH does explode, like, you know, you and David and all these crazy (laughs) people talk about, I I do think that they're going to lean on those guys more to where Dak's more needed in that offense in a weird way. Like, he's going to have to really carry that team. So we could realistically look at 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. I can see that. I can absolutely see that. And I was going to touch on that. I was going to touch on that earlier. He would be higher on my list, but I just don't trust him to run enough to get those rushing yards. But he could very well crack the top five just by passing alone because of that. Sorry, Cowboys defense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nah. I'm sorry to say, Kevin. <laughs> nah, they're sorry. They're, they're they're trash. Don't worry. Like, I know. As a Cowboys guy, I know completely. But I would just say, you know, when I'm looking at it and I'm going through it, I, I like Patrick. He's my number two. So I'll just go to my number two. I, I think that, and he could realistically be number one, but mm-hmm. to me, I just love CD lamb. I actually think the wide receivers on the Cowboys are better. Like they, they have a better, and if, if Jarwin can be anything, he's not going to be Kelsey, but if he gives yeah. them anything, that's as a collective whole, I actually like the Dallas offense a little more. Yeah. And I know it's, I think that's Homerish because everybody knows I'm a Cowboy fan, but they have legitimate weapons on that team. Like, who is the – I mean, the Chiefs have Kelsey and Hill, and those right. are their two wide receivers essentially. And then after that, a bunch of, you know, Hardman, um, right. Marks Robinson. Who are these guys that they're going to go into? Right, 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 right. They have two top options in Kelsey and Hill and then a bunch of boomer bust options in, yeah. you know, just a bunch of like – best ball guys in Hardman and Robinson, whereas the Cowboys, like you said, they have Lamb, who we expect huge things out of this year. They got Amari Cooper. They got Michael Gallup, who can be a wide receiver one on some teams. Um, And then, like you said, Blake Jarwin and then Zeke is still there. So Dak has so many weapons that I think he can realistically finish as the one if the Cowboys defense is still bad. Yeah. Which, hey, it's a guaranteed. So let's. So my number two is Mahomes. For no, we don't need to go too much into that. Uh, who is your number two? Yeah, my number two is Josh Allen. Uh, uh, he is coming off an insane 2020 where he finished as the quarterback one, like you said earlier. And I think he only gets better from here. The only thing I worry about is a potential injury due to his reckless nature when running the ball. Uh, but honestly, any player can get hurt at any given time. So I'm not going to discount him because of a potential injury. Josh Allen is a stud and should be drafted like one. 
All right. Well, I want you to yell at me again because I have another scenario here. I had the number three pick in that recent draft I told you about. I took Herbert over Allen. How dumb am I in Dynasty? Like, how dumb am I there? What do you think? I get it. Just because Justin Herbert is, you know, he he shined in his first year, which is crazy. Whereas it took Josh Allen, what was it, one or one or two years, and then it took a Stephon Diggs coming for him to realize his potential where whereas Justin Herbert he already is there and has probably not reached his ceiling so I like that pick Kevin yeah I I kind of regretted it before but I don't have any Herbert in Dynasty and so I was sitting there and I said you know what I got to grab Herbert here just because I got to have him but I I think you're right Allen is the running back one on the bills as well like he is that running back one and when we talk about this I saw someone toting up my uh, Matt Breida today Stop, yeah. stop, stop with that. Like, yeah. Allen is going to be the guy, and then you're going to have those other guys that are going to fight for whatever, but he'll be there. Uh, yeah. Now, my number three quarterback is Kyler Murray, and he's a little lower on uh, your list. Uh, you have him at five, so I definitely want to kind of talk about that. I, I just think with the rushing upside for him, I don't know how much he's going to get. He got hurt last year because he ran the ball so much, if you watch yeah. them. Uh, I know he got hurt. He hurt his shoulder when he got nailed on a, I think it was RPO read option. But mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, he was getting 10 carries last year, a few games, because I used to bet the over on his over unders all the time. So I know that he was getting those. I, I like Kyler. I think that he has a better, he has an okay offense. I don't trust his head coach as much. I, I, I think that offense can be elementary at, at best sometimes. Uh, but I, I do like his rushing upside. I love that. I think he's the running back one in Arizona too. So when we're looking at like fantasy purposes, He's the running back one there. Uh, what is your what is your take on Kyler? So Kyler Murray is easily a guy who could climb up my list if like all reports out of camp is that, like are positive. He is he is healthy. He's gelling with Hopkins. Like if all these things come out uh, that you know, like the Arizona Cardinals offense is just raring to go. He could, he could, he could absolutely, absolutely climb my list. And the quiet, the quiet X factor for me is AJ Green. Actually, you know, if all reports indicate that AJ Green is not dead, and that he and Murray have a solid chemistry, I mean, he could definitely climb my list. Like you said, the receiving core isn't great outside of DeAndre Hopkins, but. He does have that rushing floor, which is insane. And then he has Hopkins, and then he has Chase Edmonds, who is going to come in, come come in handy. Uh, but if AJ Green can resemble some sort of AJ Green from the past, then sky is the limit. And he could, I could easily see Kyler Murray finishing as the QB one. I'm just not ready to go there yet. Yeah, okay, I, I like that. I, I like that too. I think the biggest thing is can Rondell Moore step in and be in the slot, be that weapon that they need? Are they mm-hmm. going to use Rondell Moore in the in the rushing attack on you know reverses those type of things, or will they use him in the passing game? If they do and they're able to capable of move him up, I think that matters. I think the Christian Kirk experiment's over. I really think the Andy Isabella experiment is over. Like I think R- Rondale is going to be there. So I agree. I don't think Chase Edmonds and James Conner do much for him. So we could see what we saw last year where they overused him and he gets hurt. Uh, but yeah. I love that. But I love your number three because I'm a I'm actually become a stan of his because everybody's down on him. So who is yes. your number three? Yes, and that is Lamar Jackson. You know, we all know that he had a tale of two halves last season where he 
underperformed in the first half, and then he went off in the second half where he just racked up all those rushing yards and he just morphed back into the Jackson that we all we all just grown to love. Uh, so I think that his floor is going to keep him in the top five, in the top eight every single week where he could finish as the quarterback one. Now I've heard a lot of people – a lot of people saying we've already seen his ceiling. It's only going to go down from here. Well, yeah, I say that th- that that is foolish. I mean, he has plenty of years left, and he's not getting hit as much as people thought he was going to get hit because he knows how to slide. He knows how to get out of bounds. He's smart. He's smart because. It, he knows that he is not a beefy quarterback, so he needs to get down. He needs to slide, so he's going to have longevity in this league. So I am not ready to write him off or to get him out of my top five. He is top three for me who could easily finish as quarterback one. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think that I think his demise, Lamar Jackson's demise is is a is a just a terrible narrative because I don't think it's I, he had a down year last year was QB9. Right. So I think people overdrafted him. I think that was the case. Like I saw in redraft in particular, I saw Lamar go ahead of Mahomes a couple of times in some redrafts because of that rushing upside. And so right. I know people are probably going to be down on him. So that's why he's a value to me this year because mm-hmm. he's going to fall in that. Kind of like you talked about in our first episode, that that's fifth, sixth, seventh round. You're going to sit there and see Lamar just drop drop and you're gonna be like, okay i gotta grab him now uh and, and that's and that's 100 true i mean he had a couple games which were bad like yeah against kansas city he had 97 yards passing yeah that's not what we wanted to see right. but i mean flip end he, you know he still had 83 yards rushing and, and there are certain games he's gonna do that where he, he has those bad games but again he's still when you watch he his last four weeks he had 26 34 30 and 21 points fantasy points yeah he was still a QB one of those areas. Like he, he's still good. They're still going to run the ball with him. Bateman's going to be there. I think mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman's going to have a career. I think Rashad Bateman's going to be last year's Justin Jefferson okay. in terms of like that guy that pops. Like oh my god, based on where he's going, ADP value. I don't think he'll put up the numbers. Sure. Uh, but I just I just wrote a recent Rashad Bateman article uh, for the Dynasty Rewind uh, Patron, and I talked about hey, based on where his numbers are, what he wants, and what what Lamar wants. That's legitimately like that's what he needs. He needs that safety outlet that's not Mark Andrews, needs right. another weapon. So I love Lamar. I think that's a great pick. I think I actually have Lamar too low. So uh I <laughs> I am I have him at five, but I could realistically see him being at three. Like that's a that's a very good call. Rashad Bateman was a great call just because he gives me a Jarvis Landry vibe. You know, like he's going to be that safety net outlet who can also take it take it down the field as well. You know, like he is explosive. Bateman was the perfect pick for Jackson. I know that a lot of dynasty managers uh, who have Bateman wanted a better scenario, but for Lamar Jackson managers, that was a huge pick, and it's only going to benefit him in the passing game for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's a great point, and and yeah, I and and if you, for you people that are drafting Marquise Brown over Rashad Bateman, what are you doing? Like right. and, and like four rounds ahead, of, like in best ball and stuff. Wow. Like I don't see that. I still think I think Mark Andrews probably will be the tight end or the wide receiver one there, but yeah. Bateman's going to challenge that. I'm putting yeah. my flag on Bateman this year just because. And I, and to be fair to everybody out there listening, like as a Debbie person, Bateman, I had really I didn't have him ranked very high. Like okay. I think he was my fifth rated wide receiver, but 
I actually like this landing spot. Like, I think that he's going to see a lot of targets, and he actually has this. And I think I'm just higher on Lamar, too. I like it. I like it. So, all right, let's go to our four. Uh, for me, and, and again, these are all intermixed. That's why we're kind of just bouncing around a little bit. Mine's Josh mm-hmm. Allen. I don't – I hate the word regression. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it more than anything because people <laughs> overuse it. People just overuse it. But I do think that I, I, I could see his touchdowns, his rushing touchdowns. I could see that maybe uh, going away a little bit compared. I think Zach Moss is a – I don't want to say a threat because Zach Moss is never a threat in anything. <laughs> but just I think that he could he could vulture some touchdowns away from yeah. him on the goal line. Yeah. And so he had eight. Realistically, let's say he goes down to four touchdowns rushing. And then let's say that he maybe throws instead of 37 touchdowns, he's at like 33 that could see him being around this kind of category that I have him at where I have him uh, at four ish, but I still think he's a top five asset. Like he's still going to be, and he's only 25, but even in redraft, like he's legitimately, uh, he's one of the best quarterbacks you can get uh, based on his ADP where he's going. So I like, I like Josh Allen. I just think maybe if Zach Moss can stay healthy, we're not, we're going to see his rushing touchdowns go down a little bit. That's completely fair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I put, as I put Josh Allen at two, I was kind of like, Oh, am I drinking the Allen Kool-Aid? Am I just too, am I just too caught up in what he did last year? But I mean, Stefan Diggs there and Gabriel Davis coming up and Cole Beasley, you know, as well as that rushing floor, I think he stays the same. If not, there might be a little regression because eight touchdowns is, is, is crazy. Uh but, you know, even if it does come down to four, he's still going to be like every single week, top, top seven, top eight. Uh, he he is going to have a top seven or top eight floor each week, which yeah. is what I want. Yeah, no, that's fair. And then uh, you have Dak at your four. Uh, we, I talked about him yes. being my one. I, right. We kind of mentioned him. But overall, you're, you're still seeing him as a top five guy, though. Absolutely, yeah. I had him at four right at the end of last season, just because I knew that he was going to heal up. He was going to be in the gym every single day, just making sure that he was going to be the best Dak that he could be, even after that gruesome injury. Uh, And I talked about it earlier. He's not going to have that rushing floor, but he didn't rush a ton, even even in the first few weeks of the season last year. Uh, You know, he maybe got 20 to 30 yards a game, uh, but it's just those weapons. Like we said, we are just in love with those weapons. And like, there is just no scenario where Dak can fail, which, you know, the only thing that is holding him back is his potential injury, but all reports are extremely positive, which makes me, which makes me want to take him, you know, if he's sitting there in the sixth or seventh round, which is probably a little bit too late uh, just because I like to wait on my QBs. But if he's sitting there in the sixth or seventh round, I would be extremely tempted to take him. Yeah, and I, and I think, too, like he might not be the fastest guy. And I don't know how that ankle is going to – I don't know. That, that injury was bad. But in 2016, he had six rushing touchdowns. 2017, he had six rushing touchdowns. Right. 2018, six rushing touchdowns. And then 2019, it did go down a little bit to three rushing touchdowns. Even last year, he had three in the four games that he played, or Dang. four and a half. Yeah. So – and one thing about their offense, and Kellen Moore as a Cowboy fan, I know, they love to run those RPOs in the red zone. So they will look and they will run a lot of stuff off of Zeke, a healthy Zeke, and get that defense to collapse. And that's where Dak kind of runs his touchdowns in. Yes. So as a fan, I know that they like to use him in the red zone. So those yards per game or per whatever is kind of a misnomer sometimes with Dak because they don't realize they do like to use him in those RPO situations in mm-hmm. that red zone. Now, will that change based off his injury? 
I don't know. May, you know how that yeah. goes. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, we'll see there. Now, I'll be quick, real quick. Uh, Lamar, quick, real quick, like that. Uh, Lamar is Lamar is Lamar. I think I have him at five. If he kind of returns back to old Lamar, he could easily pop up. But I'm always going to put rushing upside in my top five, and that's yes. why Lamar is there. And then you have Kyler at five. Right, right, which he may very well climb. I just need to hear some positive reports that he and A.J. Green are gelling and that A.J. Green isn't dead, like I said earlier, and then he might climb up to three or even two just because he has probably the highest ceiling other than Lamar Jackson on this list. Yeah, I get nervous when you talk about uh, A.J. Green as a as a determining factor there. A- A.J. Green, man. <laughs> I mean, I liked AJ Green, but uh, he was there. Now, real quick, before we we before we go on to player A versus B and based on ADP, are, is there any guys that we left out of that top five that you could see maybe sneaking in? Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers was the easy answer for me coming off that MVP season, but I'll go a different direction since we don't even know if Rodgers will play. I'm going with the rushing upside of Jalen Hurts in the three oh. games. Yep. 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 In so in the three games he started and finished last season, he was the quarterback three. Thanks in large part due to his 79.3 rushing yards on 12.7 attempts per game. Philadelphia was also gifted with the easiest schedule based on opponents records last year. Hertz starts the season strong against the Atlanta defense that allowed the fifth worst 398 point. Point four yards per game in 2020, followed by the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Panthers. So I think that Hertz's rushing potential combined with an easy schedule could easily sneak him into the top five. Man, that's a hot take, baby. I love it. I you like love it. Russian quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, I, like I said recently, I said that, you know, Hertz to me is a great redraft guy. Like, if you can grab him, Dynasty, I'm scared of hell of him. I'm staying yes. away yes. as possible. But I, he, the re, the upside is too good in redraft. Like, I mean, that's that's legitimate. I could see that. I really could. I, Aaron is an easy choice, too, but where is he going to play? Like, I realistically don't know if Aaron's going to play in Green Bay anymore. Like, right. realistically, that could be a real thing. And, and yeah, or at all. And from someone, I actually went to school in Chico, so I know I've been around him. I actually played with his brother uh, in, in, in AAU basketball, not football. And I had my buddy who played with his brother at Butte College. So, like, I know the kind of that family just from being around there. And he doesn't talk to his family anymore for pretty good reasons. We know kind of in the know. But he is vindictive. And when you piss him off, he cuts you off. Like, there is – everybody knows that about Aaron Rodgers from Chico, like everybody. And so this is a real thing. Like, I don't think people know that. Like, as I, as I've been over there, I've, I've been around the family. I know that area really well. Like he doesn't come back at all. And then he, he has a charity tournament back in Chico. He comes back to that and he doesn't see anybody. He doesn't, he hires security to keep his family away from the charity tournament in, in Chico. Like that's wow. who Aaron is. Like he is legitimately like that. So now you have the GM being a dummy, you have all these different guys doing it. Like you're just pissing him off. And I don't know if he's going to come back. Yeah, I don't think so either. Oh my goodness. But the only guy that I'm going to just shout out in realistically, 
It's got. I don't want to put him too high, but Matthew Stafford has a real shot of really overval mm-hmm. going over his ADP. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think he can get in the top five because he doesn't have a rushing upside. He is slow. He looks like he's thirty three, like I do, uh, and I'm thirty two. But he looks like he's there, right? But if he can get to that like thirty four touchdown passes, he has a shot. Like if he yeah. can get in that offense and get it up there, he has a legitimate shot of being there. So that's the only guy that I was thinking. I mean, Herbert and Ellis are the guys, but if I want to go a little bit off the board, I think Stafford. I like the pick, and if that comes true, then Cooper Cup, Robert yeah. Woods, they're going to skyrocket. Higby? Nah, we can't do that with Higby yet. No. All right, so uh, we are going to – all right, so there's our top t- uh, five 2021 quarterbacks in redraft. And now what we're going to do is we're going to hit up some very interesting discussions for redraft and dynasty of guys that we would rather have in the round, pers- you know, prospective rounds that they're going in. So let us move on to that. All right, so we're going to go player A versus player B, and we're going to talk about this in both dynasty and redraft formats. So our first round in redraft, we have Alvin Kamara versus Saquon Barkley. And Kamara is going at the 104 in redraft, and Barkley is going at the 106 in a one-quarterback league. So who are you taking here, Jacob? All right, Kevin, I'm going with Saquon Barkley in a redraft league. Now, I understand the injury risk coming off a torn ACL, but Barkley has a higher ceiling in my opinion. Barkley is basically coming off two injury riddled seasons. In 2019, he suffered a high ankle sprain early in the season that was supposed to sideline him for six to eight weeks, but he came back in three weeks just because he's a beast. Now, he winded up playing the last 10 games of the season where he averaged 76.6 rushing yards and 36.4 receiving yards per game while totaling seven touchdowns. Those numbers are solid for the average RB1 too, but it was a far cry from the 2,000 plus yards he totaled in his rookie season. You know, he just didn't look 100% healthy the whole season. I believe he came back way too quick and that he should have sat a few more weeks, but Barkley, you know, the gamer that he is, he came back in three weeks, which was insane. Then, Then last season, we all know what, happened he tore his acl in week two against the bears so the safer choice is to is to take alvin kamara since he's not coming off a major injury but i'm choosing barkley based on his freak athleticism and the fact that he's going to be relied upon every single down to move the ball for the giants and i am banking on a barkley rebound and going to be going back to being a top three back I, I like it. You know, I think that's a good call. Like, I think with Barkley, people are really afraid of Barkley. But right. and that, but he, he, all the videos, hey, if you like workout videos, every workout video I've seen with Barkley, he is, <laughs> he's got thighs for days and he is just right. killing it out here right now. And he looks good, right? Like, he lives, he looks yeah. good. Uh, it looks perspective. I think, like you said, I mean, Alvin Kamara has some question marks. Uh, and especially not as a player, I actually don't mind Alvin, but everything right. else that around there, like, who's yeah, going like to be throwing the ball? Good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a real deal. So I don't mind that. And dynasty formats. So I switch up a little bit. And this is, for my perspective, dynasty is always 12 teams, super flex. So they're, he, they're going just outside right next to each other. So first round still works. So Barkley's going right at the end of the first round. He's running back four, actually, which is crazy to think Barkley's going as running back four in dynasty. And then you have Alvin Kamara. He's going to basically two picks later, running back five. 
So they're very close in terms of what you're looking at in Dynasty. I'm still going with Barkley because I still think like you, all the things that you mentioned, but from a Dynasty perspective, Barkley's going to have more value. He's if he comes back, so if Barkley comes back and and explodes back to what he was, like when he came back, like you were talking about those last three games, he actually was like I think it was seventeen point seventeen PPR points away from CMC. Yeah. That's how close he was, and that's CMC's right. record year. So those last three games, he was matching CMC's record year. If he can do that, his value goes up. You can trade him for anything. Like that, right. that's the thing. Like I always am playing this game with a value in mind. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara comes back. There's really nowhere else to go from what he finished last year. Like his value is very plateaued. Yeah. I just don't. I just I'm worried about that. So I'm on value game. Like I'm going to take him. I, there's a lot more question marks. I feel like for Kamara and Dynasty, where is he going to be at? So give me the younger Abiat. Yes, he did tear his ACL and everything in his knee. But if he comes back stronger, you're going to be have a return of investment. Just going to be better. So that's why I kind of go towards Barkley. Doesn't it feel like every every young running back goes through a torn ACL and just comes back better? You know, like a la Adrian Peterson. I mean, yeah. he had he had the best year of his career after he tore his ACL. So I don't want to miss out on that potential AP year from a Saquon Barkley. Yeah, yeah, no, and you don't want to miss out. You know what Kamara's going to give you, uh, and and it's there. So if he's going, so if Barkley's going at the end of the first, you can pair Barkley with either Russell Wilson or some quarterback. If you're going to go quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, one of those guys, you can go wide receiver. You could get Jeff, Justin Jefferson, other guys. Like there's a lot of different areas you can go with. I would love to build my team around Barkley more than Kamara. That's just kind of where I'm at right now, based on. And I know it's crazy to say because Kamara coming off a career year, right. especially PPR formats. I just don't trust Taysom Hill. Like, I, I, I don't trust John Payton. Like, I just don't trust it. I mean, we all know that I think that Alvin Kamara got like zero targets in two games or like one target from Taysom Hill. I mean, that's scary. That is nothing that you should just shy away and be like, ah, oh, that's just a misnomer. That is not a misnomer. That is what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and even if, if, if Taysom doesn't start, Jameis is there. Jameis pushes the ball downfield. Like right. when he plays, he, he's going deep and he's looking for, you know, he doesn't dump it. And maybe they'll incorporate that. Maybe they, yeah. Sean Payton will do that. If anybody can, it's Sean. Uh, but you can't just change that out of a quarterback's mindset. Like that's a real thing. So that's there. All right, let's go to round two-ish, second round. Definitely second round for a redraft. We have Najee Harris versus A.J. Brown. And we both thought this was an interesting question because – different positions, different kind of fields, where you at. So for redrafts, because this is interesting, we know the running backs. We talked about strategies on the first episode, if you missed that. Running backs dry up very quickly. Right. So who are you going with in redraft here? All right. Najee Harris versus A.J. Brown. This is ridiculously close. For me, it all depends on who you grab in the first round. You know, if you were able to draft a stud back within the first seven to eight picks, then I would seriously consider A.J. Brown in the second. But like you said, Kevin, considering the landscape of the running backs in the NFL, I think I would bite the bullet and draft Najee Harris. There are just too few backs who are pretty much guaranteed 300 plus touches. Harris has this Pittsburgh backfield all to himself. And even though the offensive line is trash on paper, I trust that Najee will find the holes in the running lanes. Um, See, my goal is to draft two stud backs who are guaranteed at least 80% of the backfield snaps in the first couple rounds. Hey, A.J. Brown is a stud. 
but I would much rather wait until the third round to take a chance on him since he's no longer the the alpha wideout in Tennessee. Don't get me wrong, Brown is still my wide receiver six, but drafting him is still a little bit of a risk with Julio there. Yeah, no, I I, I get it. You're a running back guy, though. Like, you like running backs. Yeah, and this is what's good about the show. I mean, we, we're going to differ, and that's where it's going to be. Now, if I'm in redraft, I'm so out of redraft mode. I got to get into a redraft league again because I am, I, I'm going to do it this year just for you. I'm going to get in one redraft yeah. league because when I see this, I feel like it's Dynasty. This is an easy answer. It's A.J. Brown. Like, when you look at where he's going in Dynasty, I, again, though, between these two, I don't necessarily know if I would draft A.J. Brown where he's going over some other guys around that, like Nick Chubb or even like Cam Akers or some mm-hmm. of these other guys. But if we're looking at both of these, and remember Najee's older. He's an older running back. I look right. at Najee as being a two-year dynasty asset. A.J. Brown is a six, seven-year dynasty asset, True. probably. Mm-hmm. So when I'm building a team, I don't mind doing this. And just for perspective for the listeners out there, I know I'm not crazy. I did do this this year. I took Swift and A.J. Brown at the 112 and the 201. So that's who I'm building my team around. So like I do do this. So I'm not crazy. I just don't tell you and then not just try to practice what I preach. But I just look at I build my things around my receivers. We talked about that. I like my anchor running back and then I like my wide receivers. But I don't think Najee's an anchor running back. Like I don't he's not someone that I'm looking at like, oh, I can build around him. I don't like that. But I, I have seen Najee go very high. Like he's going really high. We've in the news recently, we talked about that offensive line with the Steelers. They they lost their another offensive lineman. They cut, I believe it was their guard or center. I cannot remember off the top mm. of my head. Uh, mm. So do we worry about that? Big Ben, there was all those issues. I understand the Julio thing, the running Henry. Like like you said at the beginning, this is very close because they all have they have some negatives. They're all kind of the same negatives. Like, hey, who do you trust? But through Dynasty, right. I'm going to grab the stud wide receiver. I like that pick in a Dynasty for sure. Yeah, but I understand what Najee and running backs. like Because you could get – you know, realistically, you can get Keenan Allen later in redraft, and he might outperform AJ Brown, right? Right. Yeah. But you can't grab like God, who's a running back? I'm trying to think of obscure running back to make him mad. Like, what if you grab Josh Jacobs later? Would you like Josh Jacobs Ooh. or Najee better? Because that's an interesting kind of pick. Oh man, it's Najee all day for me, just because yeah. Josh Jacobs has the Kenyon Drake problem. You know, I'm not sure if John Gruden just doesn't trust Jacobs with a full with with a full load. Yeah, and Najee doesn't have any problem. Like, no one's there going to be. It's Najee's hair. We know that. So, all right, good. All right, let's go to the third round then. And and I brought him up because he's coming. Keenan Allen versus Allen Robinson. Excuse me. So, I think this is a great matchup. Like, I love the fact that it's there. Allen's 306. Allen Robinson's 309. Even in Dynasty, it's very close, 54 to 57. So, these guys are going picks from each other. So, who are you grabbing in redraft? Keenan Allen versus Allen Robinson is a fantastic matchup. But for me, I'm grabbing Keenan Allen all day. I have Keenan as my wide receiver seven versus Allen Robinson as my wide receiver 12. The massive difference between these two wideouts is who is throwing them the ball. And I would much rather have my wide receiver one or two have Justin Herbert throwing him the ball versus Andy Dalton. Now, I know there is a chance that Justin Fields starts early in the season, but that is not a guarantee. I want to eliminate all risks within my first three picks, and drafting Keenan over Allen Robinson is actually a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I'm gonna, I don't want to say – I love Allen Robinson. I love yeah. him. Um, it it kind of, to me, this, 
again, I can't go against what I said about value. Like Allen is, is great. If Justin Fields started right away, I think I'd pick Allen. Like if I knew Justin Fields is going and because I know that value is going to be there, but because he's not going right away, I know that dynasty is long game, but if you could get Keenan Allen on a win now team, he could be a wide receiver one as a wide, and you draft him like as a wide receiver three or two based on right. dynasty because people are going to draft other guys ahead of him. Because uh, I mean, you're going to get you're going to see Jamar Chase go ahead of him. There's a lot of different wide receivers. You're probably going to see DJ Moore go ahead of them. Like yeah. there's going to be these younger wide receivers that go ahead of like Chris Godwin, other guys. So as you watch this, you can be like, man, I could draft Calvin Ridley and then I can get Keenan Allen with my roster. That's a good roster. So. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to lean Allen, but if Justin Fields, if I knew he was starting day one, I would go that way out. But I don't trust Nagy. That's the other thing. Like, <laughs> and I, Herbert, the first, let's say the first four games, if I have Herbert the first four games, that could be the very difference between winning a league and not. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to say. And yeah. like, my perfect scenario is drafting my two stud running backs in the first two rounds and then Keenan Allen as my wide receiver one because. I, like you yeah. said, he has he has that potential to be a wide receiver one this year. I mean, that that would be a fire start. Let's say Jonathan Taylor in the first round, Cam Akers in the second round, and Keenan Allen in the third round. I would be sitting pretty. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a I think that's a good call. I just don't trust him there. Uh, we have a yeah. Let's go through this. You know, how long do we trust Keenan to be a stud wide receiver? Well, I mean, he, I think he's at peak value right now. So I'm assuming this is probably a dynasty question. Uh, it, you know, Keenan, I believe, is at peak value right now for where he's at. You know, he's 29. I think he's got two legit, legitimately good years left. I, I would look at him as a dynasty asset as being two years. Like, that's that's where he's at. Like, okay, I'm going to use him this year. But I don't think – Robinson, too. Like, how how much do we question Robinson's, you know, out long-term right. outlook? I think they're both in the same boat. Give me the guy with Herbert for yeah. this year, and then I'm going to move him. Or let's say, I, let's say you do draft him on a team, on a startup, and your team's just not looking great. After the first five or six games, you realize, hey, I got to retool this thing. If mm-hmm. I can get rid of Keenan to a contender, you could get a first for him and something next year. So Robinson, you may be able to do the same, but not if Andy Dalton's throwing him foot passes and mm-hmm. hitting the dirt like i give me allen i get that if he's yeah so if, if robinson stays and, and there's also that we know allen's gonna be with the chargers robinson there's a lot of issues that he has with the chicago management so right. like there's a lot of different things that i don't necessarily like about robinson's situation compared to allen's but i, I do understand there's a little bit of a risk but if those first four or five games look good return on investment move be active in dynasty and and i don't have that i don't mind moving players in dynasty like that's the other thing don't yeah. fall in love with these guys because then they age out and then that's how you destroy your dynasty teams yep yep you're the dynasty master but i agree with you 100 percent. i like keenan allen is is going to be a wide receiver one for at least the next two years and then when he's at age 32 he will most likely drops like a wide receiver too so he's going to have solid value for at least the next three years yeah 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 i appreciate you saying i'm the dynasty master i i, I think some league mates of mine would probably not uh say that but it's it's there I, I just i just look at i you just have to look at dynasty as 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 stocks you have to look at value like if you don't if you fall in love with guys and and, and there are some guys that like are just gonna stay like i have a roster with zeke i'm not gonna be on a because i'm still contending 
He's going to stay on my team because I'm still contending. Will I win it? I have a borderline team. I can't move him anything now. So we're going out together in the sunset. That's just how it's going to be. Like we're, we're riding together and I don't mind that. And it yeah. is what it is, but there yeah. is all that. So let's, uh, let's go to the fourth round. And we got two more rounds left. We're going to fourth round and we're going to go late round pick for you guys. Fourth round is another interesting one. I like this one. Chris Carson versus David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So redraft wise, Carson's going at the 401. Montgomery's going to the 404, which Man, it's so crazy. David Montgomery is just disrespected out here on these streets, uh, Jacob. Uh, and in, in yeah. Dynasty, it's actually, you know, I, well, we're doing something else for Dynasty for mine. So for redraft, Chris Carson versus David Montgomery. Who you got? So I'm rolling with Chris Carson. Carson has been the model of consistency over the past three seasons. You know, he finished as the RB17, RB10, and RB16 respectively now he doesn't boast the ceiling of like the younger running backs that are being that are being taken before him like antonio gibson deandre swift and jk dobbins but carson's elite floor makes him one of the safest picks you can make in 2021 and similar to the argument of choosing keenan allen over allen robinson i trust chris carson's quarterback russell wilson over the bears quarterback andy dalton so that they are very even to me as far as having a solid floor, but I'm rolling with Russell Wilson over Andy Dalton. So give me Chris Carson. And poor Andy Dalton just getting shit on today. Uh, but, but he should be. He should be. Sorry, Andy. I, as a Cowboys fan, Andy, you ruined me last year uh, watching you uh, throw it out there. Oh, I agree. I, I think in redraft wise, if Carson stays healthy, right? Like that is yeah. the key. Carson's got to get on that field. He's going to miss two or three games. Montgomery getting, you know, Cohen back. They have a better quarterback. You may see him throw a little bit more. You're going to see his usage go down a little bit. So, like, I don't mind it, but it's close as hell. Like, when you're looking at both of these guys, I wouldn't mind either one. Like, to be honest, like, if he's, if he's, if Montgomery is your running back three, that's pretty solid. Yeah. If he's your running back two, Still solid, but a little nerve-wracking. And in Carson, right. same way. Like the, I look at both these guys in redraft. As, I'm hoping they're my running back three. Uh, if they're if you're running back two, I get a little nervous. Yeah, if I have either of them in my flex spot, I man, I am jumping for yeah. joy. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. That's a valid point and, and where you're at. Because like realistically, if Carson's going at 401, you could have got CMC, and then on the back end, you're grabbing Najee or you're grabbing maybe somebody else in that in that area, and then you can grab uh, you know Carson there like later. I think that's a that's a valid pick. Right, 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 absolutely. And now and now, Kevin, I have I have a dynasty question for you: a player A versus player B. We got Tua Tua Tunga Viola. Going at 44.75 versus Baker going one pick after him, 45.75. So this is extremely close. Tua versus Baker in a dynasty. Go. Yeah, this is really hard. This is like one of the hardest questions I have because there's so many question marks about Tua. uh, And I still love Tua. I'm a big Tua believer. Baker, I think the thing is with Baker is – scheme wise in Stefanski's offense he's very limited like we know what he is they're going to rely on that running game he's going to have 22 to 24 passes maybe a game can he convert two or three touchdowns maybe but probably two I think I'm gonna in dynasty I don't mind taking the shot on Tua for upside like he's my QB2 in Superflex. 
where's his ceiling? We don't know where that is at. He's got a year to rehab that hip now. Now he looks stronger. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the pictures. We were talking about big thighs recently. But those pictures <laughs> of Tua yeah. out there working out, that dude looks like a completely different player after a yeah. year after that hit injury. So I'm going to go Tua based on upside. And based right. on, hey, can Tua – and and weapons in that offense. I, I realistically, the Dolphins got waddled back now, and then they, you know, with, with what they did with Fuller, Gaskin is still there, who I do like. Hunter Long, you know, shout out to Hunter. I, I like you out there. Oh, yeah. Gasecki is still there. Like Devontae Parker. Like we've got all the Preston Williams. I don't know about Preston, but Tua to me is the upside guy in that offense. Can he be there? And and that's where it's going to be. And Waddle's my wide receiver too coming out. So. I do like what they're going to be able to manufacture for him. On the flip side, the Browns are going to run the ball, be there right. with Chubb, Hunt. Oh, what is OBJ? I think there's a lot of question marks there. Jarvis right. Landry. So give me Tua because I'm still on the Tua train. I, I'm believing you, Tua. All these people that have been talking about about you. Now, will Tua ever be a quarterback one? I think that there is some serious question marks about that. I think that he's a – I think he's going to be a perennial like QB 12 to 14, somewhere in there, very solid player. Will he be able to get up in that upper echelon? I think that's question mark, but I think he could get further than Baker. Absolutely. I agree with you. I would much prefer to a ceiling over, over Baker because Baker, we have already seen his ceiling. He's good for a few games that are like some blow up games, but then it gets really windy in Cleveland. I don't, I don't know if you, you know, if he, uh, a few games last year, like he got like, he got like two, four, six points just because it was, you know, you know, it was, it was so windy. Now yeah. that, that shouldn't be the deciding factor, but like I said, we are, we have already seen Baker ceiling. It's very low, but Tua, we haven't seen it. So yes, I agree with you. I would much rather take Tua there. Yeah. I, and I, but Hey, Baker is a very safe play. And to be fair, this I'm in a, I'm in a startup right now. So I've been looking at where they're going. Baker went before Tua, So Baker actually went four picks before Tua, but they're going in that fifth, fourth round. Like they are going there. So you're going to have to make that decision who it's going to be. To me, it's Tua. Uh, I was hoping he was going to fall to me so I could pair him with Herbert, but it didn't happen. So that's kind of where that's at. All right. Last one, before we move on to some real quick questions, uh, late round picks, who are we going with? So it's interesting. The reason why we picked this is because they're flipped for redraft and dynasty. So we have Evan Ingram, and John New Smith from the Patriots and Evan Ingram from the Giants. In redraft, Ingram's going in the 15th round and John New's going in the 11th. But in, in dynasty, Ingram's going in the 11th and John New's going in the 15th. So redraft, who, who do you got here? So I would much rather have Evan Ingram just because he's been in that Giants offense for four, for four years now. Even last year, he averaged 6.8 targets per game. He, he ranked fourth amongst all tight ends in most most targets last season and that is nothing to just that that is nothing to sniff at you know in today's tight end landscape not many tight ends are producing consistent fantasy stats as we've seen so i'm not going to sniff at 6.8 targets per game i'm going to go with his upside too because he is still only 26 years old uh you know he has even more chemistry with daniel jones uh, I know that drops have been an issue, but I am choosing to bet on his athleticism over Johnu Smith. Now, I know there's a lot of excitement with Johnu Smith going to New England, getting paired with Bill, Bill Belichick, who had success with that kind of athletic 
tight end in the past, but I would much rather draft Ingram four rounds later than Janu in the 11th round. Yeah, and I think we're going to have the same answer, but just flip because I'm going to take Janu because he's going in the 15th round and Ingram's going in the 11th based on ADP, even if it's Dynasty. Like the, the reality of the situation, and for all you Dynasty people out there, if you don't get one of the top four, I guess, or five, if you want to throw Hawkinson or Fan in there or Andrews, you got to wait and you better wait for a while because there's such a discrepancy between the top three guys and the rest of that tight end crew. It really doesn't necessarily matter. Does it like you could draft these different guys. If you reach on Ingram and dynasty, you're missing guys like Rondell Moore, Michael Pittman, um, even Damian Harris is around that where Henry Ruggs. While I don't necessarily think any of those guys, but it are going to be amazing. That's better than you're, you know, you're missing some maybe some assets that you can use later. Whereas if you take John New in the in later at the, where he's going, you're missing out on guys like David Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. Gus Edwards, who I like, James Conner, uh, you know, Drew Locke in Superflex. Like yeah. when you hear those names, I feel like you should be like, oh, well, I can wait. Who knows where that production is going to come from or Ingram? Hey, he's got to deal with Galladay there. Barkley's coming back. Uh, he's got Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator. And trust me, that's a frustrating thing because Garrett's not using him in the way that he needs to use. Could John be the leading target getter on New England? I think he could. I think Hunter Henry's there, which they, but there's a realistic expectation where those two guys maybe could lead in targets. And Jacoby Myers is there in those groups, but I love those two at dynamics. If Mac Jones is there, I think that's going to be on there. But yeah, I'm going to wait and just wait and wait and get in that 15th round. That's kind of where I'm looking. Yeah, I mean, I see if Mac Jones starts, then I'm going to lower every single receiver skills player a little bit down my list in redrafts uh, and just raise all the running backs a little bit uh, just because I think that Bill would protect Mac and just run the ball. Huh, that's fair. I, I mean, I, that's a good point. I, I did a whole thing on Mac. If you want to watch on the YouTube channel, for sure play and broke down what he does well. And I think he he does well as getting his athletes the ball. And John New Smith's an athlete, and he going in the fifteenth round. Like I'm targeting him right now in one of my leagues. I'm waiting, just uh, hopefully no one's watching that's in my league. But I'm waiting for him in that league because I missed out on the top guys. And yeah. I was like, you know what, I might as well just wait. And there's no reason to kind of reach for him. So that's where I'm going there. So those are our those are our picks uh, for you know eight player. A versus player B. We went through Kamara Barkley, Harrison Brown, Allen Robinson, Carson Montgomery, Tua Baker, and Ingram and Janu. And mm-hmm. before we get out of here, we definitely want to move on to some redrafts and dynasty questions. Always send that to us. You can always DM us on Twitter, and that's where we get a lot of our questions. And, and always be on the lookout for our Twitter page, uh, Super Fantasy Bros. I think it's Super FF Bros, right? Yep, that's right. And you can always reach us on there to answer any of the questions that you have. But we're going to go to our redraft and dynasty questions. So uh, I wanted to ask this question. I think I think Nick from PTYW asked this question. So I'll throw it over to you, Jacob, first. Who do you believe is the single most polarizing player for fantasy and why is that? So what's funny is that my answer was going was going to be Jalen Hurts, but we already talked about him earlier and how much I love him. So I'm going to go with a player that has been the talk of the town as of late, and that is Joe Mixon. Now, I'm... <laughs> I'm usually a sucker for running backs with volume, but Mixon's schedule is something I can't ignore. He kicks off the season against a healthy Minnesota defense, getting back Daniil Hunter and Anthony Barr, followed by trips to Chicago and and Pittsburgh, who both 
allowed the second and third least amount of rushing yards at home in 2020. Then if if you take a look at Joe Mixon's fantasy playoff schedule, he has to travel to, to Denver in week 15, then to Baltimore in week 16. He does have a decent matchup in the championship game against the Chiefs, but he has a tough road to that championship. So Look, the potential volume is fantastic, but he did absolutely yeah. nothing with that last season. As we saw, he had one blow-up game against the Jaguars, but then other than that, he was averaging 55.4 rushing yards on 18.8 carries, which amounts to 2.95 yards per carry. And I am still very salty that they took a Jamar Chase over Sewell in the draft because I think that Burrow needs that protection and Joe Mixon could have greatly benefited from that protection. So I think that Joe Mixon is very polarizing right now. And uh, I'm staying away unless he falls into like the third round or so, but he has like a mid-second ADP. Yeah, no, Joe, Joe Mixon's the real answer. I, you know, I think people um, – I'm a mixing guy, but I've kind of stayed away from these arguments because he's got to show it on the field. Like, right. he hasn't done that yet. And you can make all the excuses that you want for him, and I have. And I don't think they're excuses. I think that he had dealt with court- – you know, poor quarterback play for a couple of years, right. usage. They weren't using him in the passing game, but at a certain point, he's got to step up and do it. So I think that's kind of where I'm at right now with him. I, you know, I don't necessarily have anybody else. I think Jalen is a good pick, but since we mentioned him so many much, so much, excuse me, I've seen that. Yeah. I think yeah. Kyle Pitts is actually pretty polarizing for people because because of where he's at, where he's being drafted at. He's being drafted as tight end four. I saw him get drafted as tight end two in Dynasty. Uh, so people are expecting him to be a legitimate tight end right out of the gate. We And I think it's, hey, what narrative is going to get broken? Is it the narrative of tight ends have to wait, they have to develop? Or is it the, hey, this dude's just such a unicorn, it doesn't matter, and he's going to be there. But you're really on two sides of this argument. Who is Pitts? This guy is going to be a unicorn, produce, 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 or is he going to disappoint a lot of owners? Because And now disappoint might be, what, 700 yards and six touchdowns, which right. is legitimate for a tight end. Uh so I think he's pretty polarizing to me. I think that people are definitely falling into camps. And I think that as, as analysts, we have to be more nuanced than that. Like we gotta be, we have to be better. Like, let's just wait and see. We have to make our case, but you know what? Like he, he could be a very solid tight end option as a tight end. What? Eight, seven, yeah. six. And that that's going to be perfectly fine for pits, but that's not going to be fine for the guys draft him as like their tight end too. All right. Right, right. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pitts, Pitts to me is very safe this year, but he's being drafted as if he is going to be a Kittle this year or or a Kelsey, and I want to see it before I spend that high of draft capital on him. Yeah, no, no I agree, and I think that we got to be a little bit. Let's be, but he's going really high in like best balls too. Like right. I saw him go at the one twelve today. Whoa! In a best ball, Uh-oh. in a best ball. Uh, but my boy, my my boy Jordan Vanek uh, on Twitter. Yeah, he went one twelve in a best ball. Oh. Like he is going to be polarizing because no matter what he does, I feel like he's never going to live up to it this year. Right. And I, that's not fair to a guy like Pitts, who's very good. Uh, right. Now we're going to do one last question. It's my question. Sorry, we ran out of time, but we'll get the other questions next week. I want to know, Jacob, who is the player because we all have him that has burned us the most in fantasy or the worst, and you do you won't draft. He's on your do not draft. I'm not touching this guy anymore. My heart is ruined. Do you have a guy like that? So it used to be Devonta Freeman. Uh, <laughs> he burned me too many times. Uh, now he's not even in the league right now. I'm sure. Um, so I'm going to 
go back to a player who I just mentioned, and that's Joe Mixon. Now, I'm sure you felt right. some heat coming from that explanation, but I, I was adamant that Joe Mixon was the safest running back that you could take in the first round, apart from CMC and Barkley. I said, Joe Mixon is guaranteed all this volume. There's no, like, even if he has a bad game, he's still getting 20 carries and getting at least 80 to 90 yards. Well, he was taking those 20 carries and just getting 50 to 60 yards with no touchdowns. Now, that game against Jacksonville was awesome. I won that week single-handedly, but the other weeks uh, I was in pain. Uh, So Joe Mixon for me is kind of on my do not draft list, but I have other reasons to back that up as far as his schedule goes. I'm not just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to write this person off forever. That was already a Devonta Freeman for me, but he is out of the league. I'm trying to be a better person here. (laughs) Forgive players, even though they didn't perform, you know, things happen. Yeah. Uh, But Joe Mixon for me is kind of on my naughty list. Yeah, I was thinking about this question, and it's, it's always like it's funny because it's like, oh man, they did that to me again. You know, for me, it was uh, Mixon is up there because I have a lot of Mixon, and I really liked Mixon over last year. Uh, and I think Miles Sanders is going towards that for me as well. Like, man, Miles, I really wish I got to stop defending you. It's funny because those two guys are going to be kind of intermixed together always um, and be there. But besides those two guys, I don't have somebody like, well, I burn me. I maybe guys in the past that have definitely burned me. OBJ is up there for me though. Cause mm-hmm. I really believed in OBJ last year because I thought with Stefanski's offense, that deep threat, he could take the Jefferson role. Right. Like I really thought that he, or excuse me, the Diggs role, but the Jefferson yeah. role he took it into, uh, I really thought that he would take that Diggs role. Like, Hey, you're going to go over the middle. He's going to be a deep ball guy. OBJ is a guy that definitely has burned me. Because he was a top, even when he got hurt that year in 20, I think it was 18 or 19, when he got when he broke his leg, he was a top. He, him and Antonio Brown were going for the top wide receiver in, in, right. in PPR formats. And now he's just falling off so much that I, I'm out on him. Uh, I, I've traded every share I have with him. I, I'm done with OBJ. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, if I would have even remembered his name, he probably would have made my list. But I'm still sticking with Joe Mixon. But OBJ is someone I'm not drafting either, no matter how far he drops. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys tuning in today. You know, we uh, we actually had a milestone. We have over 150 downloads in our first two episodes. We really That's appreciate cool. that. I, I, we appreciate you getting on there on YouTube. We've actually jumped up 100 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and we appreciate that. Uh, Jacob, you got any plans this week? Oh, man, I'm just going to get ready for my baby boy who is going to come any day now. So I'm just going to paint his room uh, and just wait. <laughs> well, hey, we're, we're waiting for him to get us another fantasy guy. And we hope you'll be able to make the show after you have right. him. So uh, right. we're excited about that. Until, until next time, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you next Tuesday, same time. Uh, if you're watching it live, on YouTube, we can watch on Twitter, YouTube, our Facebook page. So check it out at 730 Eastern. Or if you're listening on the podcast, it'll be out next Wednesday. So I appreciate you guys. Until next time.